I'm at the Cape Cod Symposium on Addictive Disorders. This is the 32nd annual CCSAD hosted by C4 Events. This is where I get my hands on the experts and the professionals in the field of addiction and mental health disorders. So you can have more help, more support, more connection to the information that is going to bring your family back from the brink of destruction, from these destructive habits, these destructive patterns. I'm Aaron Huey. Welcome to Beyond Risk and Back. You know, this, my next guest, we just sat down and started talking about what he's going to talk about. And I'm so excited um, because this is one of these things. This solves a problem. And when I say solves, I mean solves. So let me, let me tell you the problem as I understand it. Okay. And it's this, and, and you've folks, you've heard me, you've heard me rant about this in the past. If, if any of my listeners are parents who've been to the parent weekend, uh, that I run, um, you know, we talk about this and this is, I hear a parent say, I've caught my kid and they're dealing drugs on uh, the, the, their cell phone. And I say, well, why don't you turn the cell phone off? Well, then I won't be able to get in touch with them. We always find a reason to continue to enable our kid. And I know, I know that's harsh. But the truth is, and if you remember the show with Dr. Katie Parker about the, the chief enabling officer, we have to, as parents, we have to find ways to make sure that we are not contributing in any way, shape, and form to our child's destructive behavior. For example, you give your kid allowance. What do they do with that money? But allowance is a piece of it. Getting paid for chores is a piece of it. So I've got Dr. David Gasfriend here. Dr. David Gasfriend and his son, he's going to tell you the story of how they've solved this issue. And I'm so excited. So, Dr. David, thank you very much for being on Beyond Risk and Back. I know my parents are going to get in touch with you after. I've got a huge grin on my face. I'm very excited about this. So, first, who are you? How'd you get here? Well, thanks, Aaron. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate the invitation. Uh, so, I'm, uh, I'm David Gasfriend. I'm an addiction psychiatrist. I'm an MD. Um, I did my residency in psychiatry at Harvard Medical School, and then I stayed on the faculty for 25 years. And I became the, develop the uh, director of the addiction research program at Massachusetts General Hospital, which is Harvard's leading teaching hospital. And I uh, became an expert in how to treat people with this addiction. And then what are the technologies that could help? And uh, we have numerous family members who've been through different kinds of addiction. Your family. In my family. Okay. And um, we, you know, we've seen them suffer. We've freaked out. Um, we've driven them. I've driven them to rehab while literally fighting with the insurance company on the phone. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, every one of us suffers through this in one way or another nowadays with this epidemic. So one day, my oldest son who's close to these cousins and has seen them go through this. And he says to me, Dad, we have this terrible epidemic. And to tell you the truth, your treatments aren't all that great. <laughs> you said, as, as, as our own children are wont to do, they're totally honest and, and brutally... Uh, uh, only a son would say Provocative this. with us. Right, to, to his father. <laughs> 
And, and I said to him, well, and uh, maybe I was a little defensive, and I said, well, you know, we have an approach, actually, that would be the envy of anybody in modern medicine if right. only people would use it, but nobody uses it. And he was shocked. He said, well, why, why the hell not? And I told him about paying financial incentives to motivate people who have a disease of motivation, that's what addiction is, to do healthy behaviors, okay? Incentives to prompt people to switch from instant gratification for drugs to instant gratification for healthy behaviors. That's what we're talking about here. So I told him about this model, I told him all the obstacles. First of all, there's an ethical concern. How can you give people money who might just go out and buy drugs with Right, of course. How can you manage um, true random drug testing, which is what you need? You know, a clinic, they say they do drug testing. Well, if they test Thursday afternoon at the clinic visit, right. that means until Monday morning, it's, hello, right. I'm free. I oh, can go use. And I want to address real quick something that you just said uh, about the financial piece. Because a lot of times parents don't understand, you know, how can my kid buy these expensive drugs? Because even marijuana is not cheap. And I want to explain very quickly to parents how it works. One kid will collect money from five or six kids and then go buy a bag. And then your kid will get the weight that is equivalent to the amount they contributed. That's how they're still able to eat food and get drugs with the lunch money you gave them. So that's what they're doing with money. Parents don't know that. They're like, well, my kids, you know, they, they don't understand how these high school kids, junior high school kids, one, high, one junior high kid knows a high school kid who knows someone with a green card. The junior high kid will collect money from five, six, ten people. They will record it all. Their bookkeeping is immaculate. And <laughs> even though their math grade might suck, and they, this is how they right. do it. So then please continue. You said the second thing again. Right. Say the second thing again. The second thing is that managing the drug testing and managing the uh, witnessed drug testing. So a lot of programs will say they do drug testing, and they say, go into the bathroom and bring me out this cup filled with your urine. Parents do this as well. And there are online tools sold to beat drug tests. And they've got the funniest names. Um, urine luck, <laughs> urine and luck, urine luck. So you buy these things and it's not funny because you're really using them to get sicker and sicker. While you were talking, I Googled how to beat a drug test. 104 million pages yeah. just showed up on Google. Yeah, all kinds of solutions. So it's not true random, it's not true witnessed. And that's what it takes if you're going to use incentives to drive somebody into motivated help and healthier behaviors. So that's the second thing. The third thing is you've got to manage small amount of dollars frequently and rapidly. And so the accounting and the management of all that, the logistics, is just too much. So the NIH in the United States has spent tens and tens of millions of dollars on this research. There are literally a hundred random control trials of this approach. And they are consistently showing you double to triple the rate of abstinence and retention if they're in treatment. You double to triple the percent of people who are stabilizing if you just add incentives and monitoring. Because you're getting accountability and you're rewarding people for taking care of their health. Now you're speaking are, are you speaking of financial incentives specifically? Specifically, we're talking about financial incentives. This is behavioral economics, 
operant conditioning, all the great science of the last hundred years in psychology and economics. And all it is is paying people small but progressively increasing amounts of dollars for healthy behaviors, showing up for the things they're supposed to show up to, um, medical appointments, counseling appointments, AA meetings. Um, if they're supposed to go meet with a uh, vocational counselor or a college coach, any of these things. Um, we, we reward people for a clean drug test. We do the drug test two or three or four times a week. The drug test tests for all the substances we worry about, and it's a saliva test. So we have the app in the smartphone, and they all have smartphones today. Every single one. And they like using their smartphones. Every single one of them do. <laughs> so we text message them in the app to do a drug test. And we ship them drug testing equipment. It's pocket-sized. We tell them, take it with you wherever you go. You could be in the mall. You could be on the sports field. And you'll get a text. In the next hour and a half, do a drug test. And they have to find a quiet space. It could be a bathroom stall. It could be in their car. And they go and they do a saliva drug test. And they do it in the video selfie camera of their phone. Wow. And we watch that selfie. It transmits by cellular or Wi-Fi. If they're out of range, it stores that. It seeks to transmit that when they come back into range. And we see that and watch it. A human being watches them do the test. So we see them put the swab into their mouth. We see them take the swab out of their mouth and put it into the cup. We see the cup change colors, proving that it was a valid test. And if anything's positive, we see that it's positive. Is, is the... Are the cups specific to a single struggle they're having? This, this one struggles with heroin. This one struggles with marijuana. This one's struggling with Coke. Or does one cup test for how many different items? One cup tests for nine different categories. Oh, fantastic. Stimulants. You worry, well, if they switch from the heroin, could they switch to the methamphetamine? Sure. Could they add it? Do both. And it tests for both. Does it, it test for alcohol? It tests for alcohol with ethyl glucuronide, which how? has a long period of tracking. Okay, gotcha. But okay. we also have a police-grade Bluetooth breathalyzer, and that's pocket-sized, too. And we watch them do the breathalyzer tests, and that we can test them every day because it's very quick and precise. So what we do is we send the family the drug testing equipment, and we have the, uh, the individual download the app onto their smartphone. And we also ship them a smart card. It's a debit card, but it's a smart debit card. It looks like a regular, you know, bank debit card. It can be used almost anywhere, except it's protective of risks. So they can't use it in a bar, in a liquor store, at an escort service, in a casino. They can't convert credit to cash at an ATM or a gas station, which is where they really want to do it. Right. They can't spend more than a daily spending limit that you set. The parent. A parent. They can't use it after retail store hours close. So they can't go out at 2 a.m. to an ATM in a dangerous neighborhood, take out 250 bucks, and then go buy a batch of drugs for all their friends. So we're actually tracking what they're doing and then blocking them from many risky behaviors. Now it's not 100%, but 
but it's really good. I'm sure. I'm sure with anything, and and the truth is, is that any any technological concept can have a workaround. Someone finds the hole, the IT guys fix the hole. Someone, I mean, that's that's just how technology works. It is, but we have a responsibility to do this as well as technology can do it. So we actually hire people on the street who are addicts to come in and watch, and we watch them try and cheat us. And we bonus them this if they brilliant. succeed in cheating us. And so we have <laughs> developed workarounds to block various cheating techniques. And because we're actually watching these videos, if we have a nagging worry, like is something weird happening here? And I'll give you an example. Yeah. Somebody had the video going and they're in their car doing the testing. This is a traveling salesman. Yeah. And he drops the swab that he's supposed to be taken from his mouth and he puts it in the cup but it's behind the steering column of the steering wheel, so we can't see it. And there's this little jerky motion. And so our, our customer service person who's observing this and is trained says to himself, is that weird? So he has his supervisor watch it. And we conclude this person has just faked it. They've switched swabs to try and defeat the test. So we have many different procedures and technology approaches that are constantly improving. So we're trying to provide this level of protection to families who wouldn't have a clue as to how to take care of this problem. Question about this. So, so let me be clear out of the gate. I think this is genius. I love this product. I'm gonna talk to you, I'm gonna talk to you off air uh, about my parents' weekend, about you guys having some literature in my facility for parents. Uh, I think this is brilliant. So, so with that in mind, I want to ask some questions that a parent might have that, because like I said, I, I tell guests, I can hear parents' voices in my brain because I've been working yeah. with parents yeah. long enough. Um, how about a parent who says, isn't this micromanaging? What about teaching my kid to sink or swim on their own? Yeah, so we would love to do that. And if we had a healthy kid who wasn't falling into this kind of problem, that would be the right thing to do. But think about addiction. Addiction is where a chemical agent is taking over a deep region of the brain called the reward center. The reward center is what drives us for instant gratification or for long-term gratification. It's not something that's subject to conscious thought. So it recruits the thinking regions of the brain, the cortex, the outer big gray matter, to do its bidding. And so if you have a kid who's thinking about getting into college, long-term gratification, doing well in the SATs or ACT, then great. But if you have a kid who's responding to the instant gratification of drugs, which is more powerful than even sex, yeah. then thinking that talking about <laughs> it will work is a fantasy. If, if any parent ever wants to understand how gratification works, watch, go to YouTube and put in the marshmallow study and you will see the ultimate experience with children about instant gratification versus delayed gratification. And the research behind that test is remarkable. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. It's a phenomenal study. Yeah, so this region of the brain is responding to drugs when the kid starts using them like a reflex, not a thought process. And so what we do is we say, let's acknowledge that and let's use wow. money, financial reward, in a reflex fashion, quick, frequent. Start with small amounts, a dollar, two dollars. And then each time they do the appointment and they show up on time and they stay for the right length of time because we actually track that with GPS. 
So we are catching Jeez. people who are leaving their AA meetings in the first five minutes. They got dropped off, but they didn't stay. And we are catching that with GPS. Okay, so, so another thing I hear a parent say, what if my kid uses the card to buy something for another kid who then trades that thing for drugs? Yes, that can happen. But then if they show up positive in their drug tests, right. you got it. So you've got multiple layers of of looking at this issue you're, you're you're tracking time you're tracking place and location you're man money you... drug testing and you have to do that because they're all different ways that drug abuse can manifest and the brain is very creative when it's trying to serve that reward center your kid is smart they'll figure something out they're learning from the street before we get into some of the things that that I absolutely want you to talk about I want you to 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 tell the parents how to get this how much it costs everything about this um, I want to I want to understand uh, I want to have parents hear you again let's talk about this this reward piece um, and the and the financial piece I had a, a clinical director many years ago who hated the concept of a token economy mm. at our treatment center and that it that it just it had a feeling that there felt like, is there any ethical thing that you guys can look at across, uh, uh, you know, monetary reward for, quite frankly, what a parent would say is not doing things you shouldn't do. Like right. you don't get a cookie for not doing drugs. Right. You just shouldn't do drugs, right. but that's not what we're dealing with. So please talk about yeah. that. No, this reward center is unconscious. It's not something you think through. Um, we have pregnant women at the University of Vermont Medical Center in Burlington, Vermont, and they're gonna be delivering a baby in the next nine months and they're smokers, okay? Now, if you give them the best practices counseling available, 12% quit smoking by the end of their pregnancy. Only 12%, that's terrible. And they know their baby's gonna be born with a small brain, okay? If you add Dynamic Care's app to their program, you triple the percent of women who stop smoking by the end of their pregnancy. So you can't say, oh, I would like them to think this through, I did it, they should pull themselves up by their bootstraps because you're neglecting the, the nature of the disease. And it's not just for now, it's for their college, it's for their high school, it's for their future, it's for their life, their relationships, their children. It's multi-generational damage that comes from this kind of problem. You said the parent has control over, over the amounts of money that are being deposited. Yes. So we're looking at parents to uh, take a financial, uh, to make financial contributions. Yes. Uh, uh, to this process. That makes sense because what 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 we know and what I've heard like some of my guests like Brandon Novak say is like, you know, you're gonna pay for it now or you're gonna pay for it then. Right. And there's a possibility you're gonna pay for it both times. But because of the amount of control that Dynamic Care's app has, um, can a parent also say, look, this is money that, that when we got a year clean, you have total access to. Or does it have to be released in a timely manner? Like it, like you said, it was a it was a fund. No, what did you call it off the air? So we put it in a reserve account. Reserve that account. That the kid can't touch, except if they're staying healthy. Right. And they're doing the things they need to do. And as soon as they get into trouble, they can't get that money. So the the family is protected with that money. They no longer are enabling or risking enabling. Right. And they also don't have to police 
their loved ones. Because you guys are doing Because it. we're taking care of that. In fact, we're putting the policing into the hands of the kid. They're taking responsibility. Wow. And one thing that's amazing about a kid who's shamed by drug use is that if you give them an opportunity to feel some of that pride, that, that self-esteem, they love it. David, this is genius. Like, it's just, yeah. did you come up with this? Did you, you, did, like, like, is this one thing you were like, why can't we just, and then you and your son were like, well, we can. So there are many scientists that have been working on this model with incentives literally for 50 years. And they've done brilliant work, but it hasn't gone anywhere. There's, there are hardly any programs in America that are doing anything. This is amazing. This, this is, this so, is a duh. Like, <laughs> well, so I've been working in this field and thinking about ways to enhance outcomes for 37 years. And my son is a, is a tech entrepreneur who worked at speeding up video game downloading. And he was general manager of a corporation that- I have a lot that. of parents who might want to talk to your son. So, <laughs> but then he went to Harvard Business School. And right. then he was feeling like he needed to give back. He sort of created the bad karma with the video game addiction. <laughs> and he wanted to do something to help society and get some good karma going. So when he told me that technology could do all these things, I said, Eric, if you could integrate these things, you could revolutionize my field. Yeah. So he said, well, could I talk to people that you know about this idea? And I put him in touch with all the leading experts, from Johns Hopkins in the East Coast to Rand Corporation on the West Coast. And many of them said, not only will I be an advisor, but I'll be an advisor if you allow me to be an investor. Yeah, no kidding. Like I'm sitting across from here going like, is there still time to invest? Are you guys publicly traded? Like, what, like No, we, we are a startup. Okay. Um, we've raised, we raised 4.1 million in our angel and seed round. And then we raised another 2 million in prizes, federal NIH grants and contracts. Wow. So um, we have won Harvard Business School's global grand prize in their new venture competition, a $75,000 cash prize. We just last week won Governor John Kasich of Ohio's statewide million dollar grand prize for the opioid technology competition. Well, that, I mean, congratulations. I mean, are you still rushing to be first to market or are you guys already on market? No, we, we're not only first to market, we have put together more components than anybody else has thought to do. So there are companies out there that are starting to put together a piece here, a piece there, but we've integrated, we have our own internal team for engineering, for uh, clinical guidance. We have the top experts in this whole field of incentives guiding us. And they're switching their research to this platform because the tool is so sophisticated. Couple more questions uh, about different uh, addictive behaviors, okay? This, this sounds like it can work for alcohol, drugs, nicotine. Yep. Okay. Vaping. Vaping, yep. which, which is massive. We see what Michigan has just done by outlawing the flavors. Boulder, Colorado did it two days ago. Everybody needs to do that. It, it's, it's happening. Like yep. this, is, this is the next thing that's gonna start to come through. What about cutting? What about gambling? What about, um, you know, some of these other addictive things and how do you guys have concepts of how you can uh, uh, attack those? We're not there yet. Got it. Okay. That I mean, be, those are tough. That I don't would know. be mission creep for us. The first thing, when we started having such success in clinical treatment programs, um, our advisors, one of our lead advisors is former Congressman Patrick Kennedy and his wife. 
Um, and he's been through this himself, and his whole family reeks of this. They've just had a loss only a couple yeah. weeks ago. It's a horrible, painful thing. And his commitment is intense. So he said, with a great passion, you've got to offer this to families. So we're, we just, in this spring, began offering it directly to families at our website, which is dynamiccarehealth.com. It's one word, dynamiccare, there's one C in the middle of it, dynamiccarehealth, no space, dot com. And families can go there, literally sign up, literally get the materials shipped to them. We also provide a recovery coach. So there's a human being you talk to, not just for the person with the problem of the drug abuse, but also for the family members. So they can understand, okay, we're putting money in how? How much money is appropriate? How much is a daily spending limit that's right for our kid? Um, what information can we get back? They, the kid and the family can agree to three different tiers of information. Some are going to be more private. Some are going to be completely open. You get to negotiate that, and the recovery coach helps you do that thinking. I would, I'd, I have to imagine you guys uh, have to be as HIPAA compliant as someone who's meeting with the client one-on-one yes. on, one on one in a private office. Yeah, now, so you're not going to violate any type of confidentiality things with what you're doing. That's right. Yeah. Not only are we, are we protective of the data, um, but we actually have already been subjected to major insurance companies' health data security testing. So um, uh, Aetna, um, Harvard Pilgrim Healthcare in New England, New Jersey Blue Cross Blue Shield, Horizon, have all required us to pay outside hacking companies to hack us so that we can prove that we can withstand um, the attack on, on the a person's privacy, and we've been successful. So then that's my next question. Are insurance companies starting to get behind this? Yes. So we have oh four different God. insurance companies that have put money not just into the testing and the monitoring, but even into the incentives. Some of them are saying, we will match 50-50 with the patient or family. What? And They're doing something good for family? For what is going on here? And we're not talking about health club discounts on membership. We're talking about saving people's lives. Of course. I, that's, I, that's, oh my God, David, I wish I'd have met you 10 years ago so I could have given you some money then. <laughs> it's gonna, this is amazing. Well, we're not, you know, first of all, we're charging as little as possible. What is this. that charge? What, let's talk, let's talk turkey. Yeah. So a family gets the testing, the equipment, the app, the monitoring, the recovery coaching for $230 a month. And we recommend they put in at least $100 a month for incentives. So for $330 a month, you get this complete package, including the coaching. And that means telephone contact once a week, unlimited chat, and it's a 12-month program. So we're phasing high frequency of drug testing in initially, and then more intermittently, and then it spaces out. We're doing the recovery coaching and the um, appointment monitoring and guidance heavily in the beginning. Then we actually have cognitive behavioral therapy modules. CBT. CBT, delivered right through the app. And that's what we want to get people to doing because obviously you're not going to be paying people to stay clean forever. So you want somebody to start thinking on their own. How do they protect themselves? How do they recognize their denial? How do they sense their triggers? and take care of themselves. And so we have cognitive behavioral therapy modules on each of these topics. They take three to five minutes to read right through the app on the phone. And what we find is people who are in trouble, 
They're lonely. They're grieving. They're feeling isolated. It's midnight. They're not going to call a counselor. They're not going to wake somebody up in the house and start talking to them about their pain. Normally, they'd fumble for their phone and start reading Facebook or Twitter right. to distract themselves. But when they're getting paid a dollar to read these modules, they'll fumble for their phone and they'll say, yeah, I'll read that little stupid module. I don't know what they gave me. And they'll find the one on loneliness. Oh, it's planting seeds in the desert. Like, like, like that's one thing that parents, the, the investment, that dollar investment, you don't know that they're oh, a stupid little CBT module, something in their triggers. You never know. And it's worth a shot. And that's what they tell us. So actual people in recovery tell us that they read these things and they realize somebody wrote something about what I'm feeling. Right. Somebody understands what I've gone through. This is stuff I've never talked to a soul about. I wouldn't talk to my family, not a counselor either. And I can read and think about this. And so they, we find they read it two, three, four times, even though they're only incentivized to read it the first time. Is, are there multiple like contacts from you guys that are not like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like, like, would that, that wouldn't feel punitive? Like, like, does a person get a text saying, hey, I just want you to know that, uh, you know, you're worth it? Yeah. So that's what the recovery coaching is all about. It's motivational interviewing. Yeah. So you're providing support, but also reality. So you guys are using CBT and MI. Yeah. And, and the whole point is to get these rewards feels to the person in trouble like a pat on the back. Like hey, I've just been recognized for taking care of myself. And that self-esteem is empowering. That's something you want to go after again and again. And they get it frequently, and they get it for doing it themselves. I, as, as, we, as we wrap this around here, I want to say that to any parent who thinks that this is a, a half-hour-long commercial, we sat down to do an interview. I did not know what your what we were going to talk about until we sat down. And you started talking. And when you started talking about financial incentives, it piqued my interest because it's something I've always thought about for our treatment center, whether it was a token economy or a real fund that we were developing for the kids. I didn't know the research behind that. But like I said, I had a clinical director who was not that that triggered something ethically in him. And we had followed him, and it just fell by the wayside here. I don't see why this wouldn't work, why this wouldn't help, how this couldn't help. If it fails, um, then it's at least you tried. That's something that you can sleep better at night, knowing that you tried that piece too. Um, and yeah, it is money. It, it, it is about money. But it goes psychologically much deeper than that cotton and nylon that's changing hands at the end of the day. Right. You're talking about triggering the, the, the reward center of the brain. You're talking about dopamine release. You're talking about that's like, right. like there, there's, a, there's a science behind this. Right. And I can tell by sitting with you, you guys have thought this through once or twice. Yeah. How long have you guys been doing this? So this is only three years that we've been doing this, but God. we're in treatment centers across the United States. We're in the inner city. We're uh, right now. We're talking from Cape Cod, Massachusetts, right? Yeah. The vacation spot of America. Yeah. The largest treatment network on Cape Cod has been using this for over a year. Actually, their staff is going to be talking about this tomorrow in the workshop at this conference, um, and they have been expanding it. Um, 
the, uh, we're using this with uh, re-entering offenders, uh, people who've been in prison, right. who come out of prison, and their reward center, even if they haven't used for years in prison, their reward center triggers them to relapse. The day they get out of prison, right. they have a death rate risk of 100 times that of the general population. Wow. And so we're starting to work with the Massachusetts Department of Probation and Parole. Um, Vermont Medicaid is working with us now because of what happened with pregnant women when they added this. So we're seeing extensive success in all kinds of settings and populations. And so when we were pressed to put this out to families so that you literally can sign up online with a credit card and get this started for your loved one, um, it, it felt like, yeah, yeah, we're ready for it. Yeah, this is the right thing to do. All right, so how does a family sign up? So you just go to dynamiccarehealth.com and uh, follow through the screens. Um, you can sign up. Um, you can talk to a recovery coach. Um, you can figure out with the coach how would this work for my kid? What drugs am I worried about? How do I assess? Um, the recovery coach will do the assessment with your kid, and uh, they will talk to the kid and figure out what testing equipment should we ship you, um, what daily spending limits should we set, um, how frequently should we be talking, texting, and what information shall we give back to the mom, the dad, who wants to know, is my kid still doing this? Um, is my kid passing these drug tests? Is my kid showing up late? Because once they start showing up late to the things that they're supposed to show up to, that's the beginning. Here's your sign. That's, that's all. You want to know that problem sign before right. a relapse or before right. the drug use has really progressed. And so we make that possible because we're there 24 7. Oh. We're there 365 days just, a year. Ju just the single piece, just the one component of a kid saying, I'm going to these meetings and knowing that the kid isn't is a massive diversion to something that begins the relapse process. If they're in college and they're, they're remote and you don't know that Monday morning classes are being missed yeah. because they're hungover, right. this solves that problem. Man, this solves a lot of problems. Uh, is there, if, if anybody has specific questions, you want them to get in touch with your team, can they get right in touch with you? How do they, just everything to the website? Everything to the website, okay. the team responds. I am directly involved. I'm the chief medical officer, but we have an extraordinary staff. Our vice president of medical affairs, Dr. Paul Early, is the president of ASAM, the American yeah. Society of Addiction Medicine, right now. Um, we have clinical wow. licensed psychologists, PhDs, supervising our recovery coaches who are certified. So this is a very clinically s strong organization. How many users do you have right now? Oh, we've had hundreds of people using this. And um, uh, we're growing now to 10 treatment networks across the country, Man. four insurance companies. Um, and uh, you know, we, we've only been from concept to now being in production, it's, it's only been three years. Dr. David Gasfrin from Dynamicare. This product's amazing. And, and as much as this sounded like a commercial, uh, I'd like to talk to you about being a commercial on my show. Because okay. I think I think parents, I'm, I'm on a network of 12 million. I think families need this. I, I knowing, knowing what you do, knowing how this helps, um, people need to know about this. So thank you so much. What's the name of the app? The app is called Dynamicare. Oh, that's it. Yep. It's just Dynamicare. And it's Dynamicare. the App Store, um, you know, the Google Store, I'm, the I'm going to go look at Apple it. Apple Store. 
Yeah, it's right up there. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go look at this. I'm going to show this to our executive director. This is phenomenal. Dr. Dr. David Gasfren, thank you very, very much for being on the show. This has been amazing. Thanks, Adam. My, my pleasure. Good luck, families. This has been another episode of Beyond Risk and Back, coming to you from the 32nd Annual CCSAD. That's the Cape Cod Symposium on Addictive Disorders. Thank you to C4 Events for having me here. I also want to thank Dylan at Deepin Productions. Dylan does my sound engineering. He also does the music for Beyond Risk and Back. So if you need to get in touch with Dylan, go to deepinproductions at gmail.com. That's D-E-E-P-E-N productions at gmail.com. If you've seen anything about Beyond Risk and Back on social media, you can thank Your Cause Consulting. To get in touch with Your Cause Consulting to handle your marketing needs, go to info at yourcauseconsulting.com and send them an email. Thanks so much for listening, parents. Remember, take care of yourself first, your adult relationships second, and your children third, because in that way, we do our best work with our children. This has been Aaron Huey, and I will talk to you soon.